Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. I want to thank all the listeners who heard the Life of Christ introduction last week. I've got great raves from people saying, boy, this is great. I can't wait to hear it. And I'm with you. I'm one of the ones I can't wait to go through the Life of Christ by Fulton Sheen again. Father Murr, welcome again for this Monday, uh, a, a day that we get to, I mean, twist my arm, Father Murr. We're going to talk about uh, the Life of Christ. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, the life, the life of whom? Christ, my friend. I know. <laughs> the life of who? Jesus yeah. Christ. Only, who only, the, only the center, only the center of the entire yeah, universe. Exactly. Everything we live and breathe for. Yeah, right. and you know, Father, that's so true, and that's the thing that the world. I, in my opinion, this is just my take on it. The biggest problem in the world is not inflation. Nope, it's not the economy. It's that people don't know Jesus Christ and haven't given their lives to Jesus Christ. That's the biggest problem because that would solve everything. Well, it would. It would indeed because there's, there's another reason too, Terry. Right, yeah, you're absolutely right. But uh, we're talking about the only person in the world who also said, I am the truth. Wow. All right, I, I am the truth. You're looking for the truth over here. Is the truth in the economy? No. Is the truth in, in is the truth in, in social justice? No. Is the truth in this? Is the truth not? no? The truth is in Jesus Christ, who said, "I am the truth." Not I have the truth. I've got an idea where you can find the truth. No, 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 no. You're looking at it. Yep. You're looking at it. I am. I and, love and, it. And then that's it. He is the solution to to everything. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we did our introduction last week. Now we're on chapter one, the only person ever pre-announced. This is the title of it. And it starts off with saying, history is full of men who have claimed that they came from God or that they were even gods or that they bore the message from God. People like Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, all these, Jesus Christ, they're all lined up. Let's line up the claimants. Let's line them up and uh, talk about uh, why is it important that uh, you're pre-announced? So, what what's your take on this chapter, Father? I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I would I would amplify this just a little bit more, sure. uh, which is which is great. He's talking about uh, uh, Mohammed, yeah, and uh, and uh, and Confucius, what have you, and and, and Buddha, mm -hmm. right? Also, in our American experience of things, yes, we have Joseph Smith. Oh yeah, the Mormons, sure. We have Judge Charles, Rutherford. Charles Russell, yeah, sure. Right, right. right. Uh, uh, the the Jehovah Witnesses and, right. and the and the and the Mormons. Yes. Well, here's here's my point. Here's my point uh, taken here well by by Fulton J. Sheen. All of these people have claimed to come from God. Right. But you know, Terry, I right now here with you. Yeah. Could say to you, could say to you, Terry, I had a dream last night. I had a, re a revelation sure. last night. Sure. I have a message from God. Right. Well, you would probably know that I know enough to say that I'm nuts, right? Of course. However, <laughs> you know me well enough to know that I'm nuts to say such a thing. Sure. However, I could proclaim that and I could present myself to any number of gullible people. Yeah. in the world, and they would believe it. But I use the word gullible because they'd have to be extremely naive to believe that without any proof. Mm -hmm. And this is what Christ is saying. God doesn't do anything against reason. There you go. All right? He uses reason because you, reason is a gift, gift from God. Right. Our intellect is from God. So he's going to use that even in claiming who he is. Right. And when he's saying so, our religion is the only religion, first of all, founded by Christ. Amen. And Christ is the only one who was pre-announced. What does that pre-announce mean? Let's talk about that. You know, you know, I, I got into I I I just uh, it just occurred to me when I was rereading this today. Yeah. To go look at the the DS Ray, the prayer, the DS Ray from the Requiem Mass. Mm -hmm. Because it was always something that bothered me there, but I'll get to that in just a minute. I'll, and I, it's it's in connection to this. Okay. Uh, there were all sorts of predictions, announcements, pre-announcements, prophecies 
right from the book of Genesis, we have what, what we call the Proto-Evangelium. Right. Uh, the, right. All the way through. Imagine. I'm going to send a Messiah. Get ready. I'm going to send a Messiah. Get ready. Prepare. Prepare sure. the way. Right. Yep. He's going to be born here. He's going to live here. He's going to be this. He's going to say that. This, that, and the other thing. He's going to suffer this way. He's going to be killed. Three days later, he's going to raise from the dead. All of these things. His mother is going to be from the line of David. His his but this his father will be God. Yeah. All of these things. I believe I may be wrong, but there are the Jews themselves yes. from the Old Testament yeah. consider there to be more than three hundred prophecies about Christ. Now. A man who put these together beautifully in music was Handel. That's true. In the Messiah. He took some of these great, great prophecies and made a whole concert out. What a beautiful, a beautiful thing. All of these prophecies he wove into a concert. Unbelievable. A magnificent concert. Well, that great concert concert is the incarnation. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Thanks. Now, let me tell let me tell you what I was talking about, the, the DS theory. Yeah, I want to hear sounds that. because of the requiem. Yeah. What in the world does the requiem have to do with this? <laughs> well, there there is there is a line yeah. in the DS theory. It says, Teste David cum Sibila. The witness is the witness of David and the Sibyls. And the Sibyls. Who are the Sibyls? The Sibyls are pagan oracles uh, uh, and, and prophetesses, if you will. Uh, one of the things that struck me, I guess, when I was 17 years old and first looked at the Sistine Chapel, I had studied the Sistine Chapel before I went to go see it, so I knew what I was seeing. Wow. But to see, that's to see on one side of the Sistine Chapel ceiling, the prophets, Isaiah, Zechariah, all of the prophets from the Old Testament, looking toward Christ, to announce Christ. And on the other side, these women, the Sibyls. Yep. I said, well, the Sibyls, the Sibyls aren't in the Bible. There's no mention of the Sibyls in the Bible. They're Greek. They're Greek. They're from Greek uh, uh, pre-Christ history. Well, what, what the theologian is trying to say during that time, and it's put into the Diasire, both the religious mm -hmm. and the secular that have nothing to do with real religion. Mm -hmm. Both of these are going to come together to announce the arrival of the Christ. Wow. Wow. Right? Yes. And this is exactly what, what Sheen is making too. He said, not only do the religious figures, the prophets of the Old Testament claim this, also we have prophecies from secularism, from the world, yes. looking for the Messiah. This is fantastic. So what he's saying is uh, everything. Yes. Religious, non from religious to non-religious right. are pointing toward the, the arrival of this one special being. Wow. It's fantastic. It is right? fantastic. Now, he said, now then Ben Sheen says this. Well, I'm putting words into his mouth. Good. But, I, but he, he's saying basically this. Now, you, who have a different religion, show me where your founder was pre-announced. Exactly. Show me. Who announced Who announced Mohammed? Someone? Nobody. No one. He just arrived on the spot and said, yep. I'm the messenger from God. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll be dang. Yeah. Good. Good for you. <laughs> where, where, where are your credentials? And then, then Sheen goes into, goes into something that also makes a tremendous amount of sense. He said, if, if, if he hasn't been able to convince you of this reason now, first of all, this is unique to Catholicism. Yes, it is. All right. This is unique to Catholicism. This is unique to Christianity. When I'm talking about Christianity, I'm talking about the first Christians who were Catholics, both East and West. He then says, uh, just a minute, I'm forgetting this. Interrupt Terry with a prank. Let me with just a, mention a something. Well, no, let me just say something. I want to I'll get, say, I'll get, get it. Back I'm, getting, I'm getting, getting so excited. Yeah, I'm no, I get myself. excited because I want to talk about this, this, this distinguishing fact 
that once he appeared, what happened. But before that, I want to just mention the Bible. St. Paul talks about, lo, if an angel comes down from heaven to preach a, another gospel, uh, that, that, that'll be anathema. In other words, I, I'm convinced that, that St. Paul it, we knew that in the future there'd be people coming after Jesus Christ saying, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm going to start my religion. But no, well, uh, this uh, part... Terry, Terry, didn't, didn't Christ himself say that there would be? Yeah, that's right. He said, many will come after me and say this. That's correct. And, and, they're, and, they're, and they're going to tell you, I'm the Messiah. Look over here. Right, that's what he said. Another one's going to shout, no, 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 it's me. I'm over there. Right, right. And, and, and you mentioned so much about what Sheen said about that the Jews were expecting the birth of a great king, a wise man, a savior. Um, and he even goes back to Plato and Socrates also spoke of the Logos and of the universal wise men yet to come. Yes. So this was all yes. there. And <clears throat> Sheen lays it yes. all out. One thing I did want <clears throat> to mention, Father, <clears throat> while you're getting your thoughts together on that, uh, <clears throat> one of the second... the second. Just, re just remind me of diplomacy, I'll and, I'll, and I'll get it. <laughs> I get hear the music, okay. so we're going to take Good. a quick break. I'm going to tease everyone. I want to talk about the second distinguishing fact that once Jesus appeared, what, what was going on there? And much, much more here on the Terry and... Yes, he show Father Charles Murray. It's a Monday morning here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I hope we're going to inspire you to the life of Christ. Fall deeper in love with Christ. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back, indeed. Father Charles Murr with Archbishop Fulton Sheen's book, Life of Christ. I can't think of a better book to introduce people to the person of Jesus Christ. Father Murr, I was making a comment, and if people have the book, it's on page five. Uh, a, a second, what I would call uniqueness about Jesus Christ is the fact that once he appeared, Bishop Sheen says, he struck history with such an impact that he split it into two, <laughs> dividing it into two periods, one before his coming and the other after. Buddha did not do this nor any of the great Indian philosophies, philosophers, even those who deny God, this is a great point, must date their attack upon him as A.D. so-and-so, or so many years after his coming. So I think that's an important one. Another uniqueness about Jesus Christ is the fact that separating him from all others is this. Every other person who ever came into the world came to live. He came in to die. Your thoughts on that, Father Murr? Sure. Well, let, let me get back to the diplomatic thing. Oh, yes, Sheen I forgot the, about that. He, he, no, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm now coming alive, and I'm remembering myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, besides, I've got, to, I've got to tell our viewers. Yes. I've got to tell this, this I think, is, is hilarious. I love marking up a book when I'm writing. Good. That's why I want my own books, right? Yeah. Well, Terry Barber, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, sent me his own copy of The Life of Christ from Fulton J. Sheen. Yeah. And when I when I started reading it, I decided, well, I'll, I'll make notes. I don't have to make notes. It's he's make he's marked it up for. Yeah, me. I'm the same way as you. Okay, I we I, that's the way I can get things. I have to mark my books always marked up. So yeah, we got. But it. but here's here's the here's the thing of diplomacy, and yeah. he makes this point beautifully. Yes, he says he says this. Can you imagine this pre-announcing, this pre-annunciation? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine a king, a president, mm -hmm. a diplomat? Yes. Going to another country. Let's take let's take the president of the United States. Uh, uh, um, let's take Joe Biden. Okay. Because because he's the president. That's all. <laughs> not, not a shining example of what I want, but there you are. Biden would 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 no sooner get on a plane all by himself and go to China mm -hmm. right now. I mean, this is, this is impossible. If he would want to go to China, if he has reasons to go to China mm -hmm. uh, for, for international business and in, in the international economies, pressing reasons, the first thing he's going to do is call in the Chinese ambassador to the United States and call in the United States ambassador to China right. to, prepare, to prepare the whole trip. Can he receive an invitation from China? Does he have to make an invitation? All of these questions. Well, this is exactly what Sheen said is necessary, is necessary logically for the Son of God to come into the world. All of this preparation has to be made first. 
so that when Christ, imagine Biden getting off a plane and saying, without any preparation, without anyone knowing he's arriving, I'm the president of the United States. Well, in his case, in his case, he, in his case, it might be a little bit different. They they might believe him. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, they'd say they'd say to anybody else, go home. You're not the president of the United States. Why are you to say you're the president of the United States? Right. If 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 a president were coming or a king were coming, we'd be ready. We'd have the we'd have the orchestra ready to strike up the national anthem yeah. of that com- country, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he's saying the same thing. The son of the son of God came that that everyone would be prepared for him. Now he did this also in a beautifully subtle way, Terry. Yes. Because it requires not just reason, not just a, a, a blank evidence. Mm-hmm. It requires a knowledge of who Christ is. Because during his life, he's going to be fulfilling these prophecies. Right? Right. During his life. And there are many times during his life when the when the apostles, especially the evangelists who are writing this, say, Oh, he did this, or he said that, and we didn't understand right then that he was saying X. Sure, that he was that he was saying this about himself. Therefore, fulfilling the scriptures. How many times do you hear that in, in scripture? Lots. He did this to fulfill the scriptures. Right. Well, this, that fulfilling the scriptures is the preannunciation. This is this is magnificent because I'm telling you, anybody with any sense would have to be convinced that there's something to this that that exists in no other belief system. You know, Father, this is why it's so important to bring these points up today because it's almost like we've had amnesia. We've forgotten our (laughs) roots. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where else are you hearing this? I'm going to ask our listeners right now, when was the last time you heard a homily talking about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ? Well, and here we we go, Terry. Good for you to, to bring this up. And this is what people have to realize. Let me answer that question for you. Okay. Probably never. Yeah. And do you know why? Why? Because for the last 50 or 60 years, all we've been concerned about, our major concern in, is how similar we are to all other religions. Yes. Yes. This is the problem. Well, good. I'm glad that we're similar to other people. I mean, I'm glad that everybody walks on two legs and, and, and eats and drinks using a mouth. I mean, that's wonderful. That's great. But there are some things that are very distinct about us. Right. And we have not brought those up because they seem to distinguish us too much from others. We want to be just like others. No, no, we are unique. And, and our God is unique above all. And you know, Father, you make a great point because when I first found this out, I was a teenager listening to Bishop Sheen, and he made that very clear. And I thought, wow, that is, we are special. We have a uniqueness that no one else has about, I didn't know if I used the term revealed truth, but in other words, we were unique to the world. We had this uh, teaching that the Catholic faith was one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and it was started by Jesus Christ. Who else could could even come close to making that statement. No one. No, that's it. That's exactly it. I remember I remember uh, where we grew up. Yeah. Uh, many people were Catholic. Yeah. Many people in the in, in where, we, where I grew sure. up were Catholic, but there were a number of Protestants also, and we had Lutheran neighbors. Sure. And I said to them, I, geez, I, I don't think I was 10 years old. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we had, we had I'm t- I, you know, I hate to keep talking about the good old days. Yeah. But we had such a phenomenal education. Yeah. We knew more than most people coming out of the seminary <laughs> today to be ordained by the time we were 10 or 11 years old. We wow. knew this. Yes. Right? Plus, we knew Latin. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, is, which is more than what they know today. It's true. But I remember saying to these Protestants, these Lutherans, but I said, can't you see that you call yourself Lutherans? Because... That's the man who founded your church. Of course. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ founded our church. I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> he, he tried to, but in about 15, 1570, you said, no, thank you. And you went a different direction. But And this was what we were, we were so proud of with a, with a proper good pride. 
-hmm. about our religion. That's right. We were founded by Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Not by anybody else. This was magnificent. So we had Christ being pre-announced. When he arrives, he calls a, a, a people special to himself. And that's the church, the beginning of the church, the, the apostles, what have you. So our roots are well-rooted. Oh, yeah. Are well-rooted in the Old Testament and in the New. And, and, you know, Father, I mentioned earlier about the second uniqueness about uh, Christ is that, you know, the whole impact on history that he had. No other religion started has, you know, A.D., after Christ, you know, before B.C. I mean, this is what he divided as, as Bishop Sheen, he split it in two, dividing into two periods, one before his coming and the other after. Look at Buddha. What happened? He did not do this, nor any of the other great religions, even those who deny God. This is, I think, I used to use this line. I thought, to, you you deny God, but you're still you're dating, uh, you're, you're dating your, your book or whatever you're signing, your letter, uh, after Christ or before Christ. And so... Um, I think that's another uniqueness that no other religion has. Fulton Sheen put it this way in another talk that he gave. I can't remember. My, my goodness, the man talked and wrote yeah, so, much. so 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 tremendously about much. Uh, but in one in one of the conferences he gave, yes. he was talking about the materialistic man, the materialistic atheist, yes. The man who had filled his life with just matter, with material, <laughs> right. no time for spiritual. He said, he said, even when this man writes a check. Well, there you go. That's right. Even when he writes a check, he's announcing the arrival ah! of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now, a, a third yeah. a third fact um, separating him from others in the book of Life of Christ is that every other person who ever came into the world came in to live but jesus christ came in to die he said you know for death was a stumbling block to socrates it interrupted his teaching but to jesus christ death was the goal and the fulfillment of his life uh, and i just want you to talk a little bit about that because i think he makes a great point on that also right well it was decided yeah it was decided that the greatest it was decided yeah. Listen to this. Okay. Even even our nature was programmed to understand this decision. That's true. Okay. Our nature, our human nature was programmed to understand this decision. It was decided on high that to pay for us, to redeem us, mm -hmm. to get us back to himself, God would give his only son in sacrifice. Wow. Yep. This is magnificent. Now you want to talk about you want to talk about the pre-annunciation of that? Yes. Abraham and his son Isaac. There's, there's a proto yep. Types of the, 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 the only father. Yep. The only legitimate son. Yep. Right? Yep. He takes his son up to be what? To be sacrificed. Yep. And and this is the great, and Sheen does a whole a whole homily on this. You know what, Terry? Tell me. If father. I ever be, if I ever became Pope, yes. don't hold don't hold don't your hold, breath. I won't. <laughs> But if I ever became Pope, mm -hmm. I would commission a special mass for Fulton J. Sheen after his canonization. Wow. A, a Eucharistic mass. And in that mass, I would have I would have the I would have the the Old Testament reading be this, yep. the sacrifice of Abraham okay. to God, hmm. his only son. Yep. The second reading would be the the uh the second reading would be of, of, of John the Baptist, and the, then the gospel would be would be would be also in, in this John the Baptist when he says this. Look, look, look at this! How beautiful this is! And Sheen does. I'm hacking this up. I'm really ruining this. But Sheen does this. He said there was a question asked on the way to the sacrifice. Hang on a second. Uh, this is a good teaser. Hang on. Oh, no. Oh, I love it. And the music <laughs> came on. Right tell us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Father Charles Murr, Monday's always talking about what? What's, what more? What better than the life of Christ by Archbishop Fulton Sheen? Making a great point. When we come back, I'm going to turn it back over to him. You won't want to miss it. I'm on the edge of my chair. 
I want to thank you again for joining us. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Mertz, Monday, we're talking about the life of Christ. I'm on the edge of my chair, Father. Go ahead and just kind of repeat what you were saying before we got interrupted by the break. Well, what, what, I, would, what I would do if, if when, yeah. if I were Pope. Oh, this is great. Yeah, if I'm Pope. If I were, if I were king of the forest, yeah. if I were king, I'd do this. A special mass in honor of Fulton J. Sheen, yeah. canonized singer. And the first reading would be the sacrifice of Abraham his son Isaac yeah okay and there's a question asked there that Sheen does a beautiful job on this what is the question Isaac the only son turns to his father on the way up the hill to the sacrifice of the lamb mm -hmm. he said and 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 look how beautiful this is you talk about you talk about a pre-annunciation of Christ mm -hmm. Here is the only son of the only father going up the mountain with wood on his back for the sacrifice. And he turns and he asks his father, Father, where is the lamb? Right. Do you love this? I love where it. I, I can hear the Where is the lamb? Where and you can hear, you can hear. You can hear Sheen yeah, doing do this, and he does, do he does it powerfully. Oh, yeah. Where is the lamb? And Sheen says this, that question of the Old Testament mm -hmm. was taken up by the winds of Moriah and never answered until the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan when John the Baptist, his cousin, looks up and says, there, the Lamb, the Lamb of God. I love it. I love it. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? That's, that's better this than fantastic. This is, what, <laughs> this is what we're talking about, the Old and the New Testament, yeah. Christ-fulfilling scripture. Yeah. It's magnificent. So I would have the first reading be that from Genesis of the sacrifice of, of Isaac. Of course. The second would be John the Baptist. And the third, she, nobody, nobody in the world does a better job of presenting chapter 6 of St. John's Gospel, oh, the yeah. bread of life, better than Fulton J. Sheen. He's magnificent. But that's what I would do. That's what I would do for a mass for him. And Sheen is so excited about the Old Testament, being, the New Testament being the fulfillment of everything yes. in the Old Testament. Yes. And this is, one of, this is one of the greatest things. If I can just jump in and mention something that I learned a lot about typologies of Christ. I didn't know this until Dr. Hahn taught a course at Steubenville, and I recorded it. And it's available for download if you go to catholicrc.org. Um, Terry, 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 can I interrupt you just for a second? Of course you can, anytime. A parenthesis, a yeah. parenthesis. Yeah. Shall we give a shout out to Dr. Dr. Uh, Dr. Hahn? Oh, absolutely. Dr. Scott Hahn? Sure. Shall we give a shout out, a shout out to him? Yes. Congratulating him I will. for the support that he Bishop gives Strickland. to Bishop Strickland? Absolutely. Huh? As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell people since we'll interrupt, if anybody can see this badge, I printed a thousand of them. It says, I stand with Bishop Strickland. And we're going to be at the Defending the Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas, where he's going to be the keynote speaker. And I'm giving these badges out. People want to Great. wear them to show his support. What happened with Dr. Scott Hahn, just so maybe people don't know it, uh, Bishop Strickland wrote a letter. It's been on our, our um, website, and we did a whole show with Bishop Strickland. Matter of fact, today, after the Terry and Jesse show, not today, Tuesday, uh, yes, uh, every Tuesday after the Terry and Jesse show, Bishop Strickland's show is on, he's going to explain why he wrote this letter to his flock. And this is a letter that went worldwide, as we'll just interrupt, and Bishop, uh, I should say, Scott Hahn saw it and did a Facebook uh, congratulations to Bishop Strickland. And now everybody's yelling at Dr. Hahn saying, why would you do this? This guy, uh, Strickland's a troublemaker. And Str and I want to thank Scott Hahn because he said, no, you know what? I stand with him because it's the truth. I thought that was I a I wish point. to thank him too. Yeah. Yes. So God bless him for that. But I got to tell you, Terry, just with that, and then we'll close. I, I, I said... A parenthesis. We're just we're opening and closing sure. a parenthesis here. Sure. We get back on subject. You bet. But when I when I 
someone sent that letter to yeah, me yeah. Of, of Bishop Strickland. Yeah. I I didn't read that letter. I th- I know this might sound corny to, yeah. to people. I didn't read it. I prayed it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but no, I, it yeah. was it was to me a, a prayer. I said I said this is this is magnificent. If we had if we just that we have one bishop like this. Yes. I never thought I'd be thankful just for one. Yeah. But we have many. There are many. There are. There they're, are. they're coming. They're coming out forward. They're come out. And, close parenthesis. And just a, one last comment. I, and I'll just sure. say, Archbishop Vigano also congratulated Bishop Strickland Absolutely. on having the guts to say that. Okay, we'll get back to the life of Christ. Father Murr and I, we uh, we get pretty excited when it comes to standing up for the faith because we're in a culture right now that acts like God doesn't exist. So when we hear yeah. a, a man of God speak and, like this, and Terry, Terry, many of the many of those actors acting that God doesn't exist are really actually worthy of Academy Awards. Yeah. They're doing one one great acting they job, are. I'll tell you that. They are. Father, uh, getting back to the life of Christ by Fulton Sheen, and I want to encourage people to pick up the book. It's not out of print. Uh, many people are publishing that book. It is wonderful. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you, Father, that uh, the whole fact, we I don't know if we covered this enough, the, the point that Christ came to die, you know, None of us, we come to live. And so that was a, a real stumbling block for, for a lot of people. But Jesus Christ said that I have come to lay my life down for my fellow, for my sheep. And I thought, wow, what other religion? Again, we're comparing religions here. What their founder would say, I'm, I'm dying for you because without me dying, you'll have no life. I thought, that's, right. that's pretty unique. That's right. No, the, the, that he made that distinction is, is remarkable. I remember, like you, I was struck the first time that I heard that. Yeah. And the first time that I heard that said said clearly yes. was Fulton J. Sheen. Yeah. Everyone in this world comes into the world to live. Yes. And everyone who, who, who comes into this world to live actually fights to live. <laughs> uh, we, we fight to live. Let somebody, let somebody put his mouth, put his hand over your mouth. When you're you're an infant, watch watch an infant. Even when you're wiping the infant's mouth, yeah, they've got to get air. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready to fight. Yes, this is this is what life is about. We the 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 will to live. What what Sheen is saying in in Christ's circumstance, he didn't come in to live. Just to live and live and live and live. He came in for the mission of dying. Yeah, he came in. For to give himself in sacrifice. This is what we were talking about before the sacrifice of Abraham with Isaac. That that prefigures what Christ is coming into the world to do. And you know, Terry, I've got to tell you this too. I, I, uh, it sounds like we're getting off subject. We're not getting off subject, believe me. I gave I gave a sermon not too long ago, uh, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, and it just occurred to me for the really for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get old and you get young again, right? It's just like the first time around. Uh, when we talk about the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, the sacrifice of Christ, we talk about the sacrifice of Christ, Christ giving his life up, Christ, 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 his suffering and everything. You know what we, we forget to consider sometimes? The sacrifice of the Father. Yes, that's a good point. Yep. Uh, you're a father, you're a father, yep. you're a father, and I know you, and I know your wife, and I know your children. Sure. I've been with you. Yeah. And I know that you would give your life for any one of your children. Of course I would. I know yeah. you would. I know you would. And any good father would. Well, can you imagine God the Father at the time of the passion and suffering and crucifixion and death of his only begotten son, his sacrifice? We forget, we forget that he's sacrificing too. He would have, he himself would have loved to step in and, and, and take the, take his son's place. Yes. This is the tremendous love of God. So you have the entire Trinity in this great thing. You do. And, and, Christ, and Christ, Christ did come into the world to die, not to live, not to live. And, and to apply it to our lives. You just said it, but you are in the same case, situation as a priest. You're supposed to die for your flock. As a matter of fact, in the Catholic Church, the cardinals wear red for a reason, don't they? 
Why? Because, well, go ahead. I, well, some some of them, as, as Pius XII remarked, yeah, right. with, with, with one particular cardinal, some of them think that they're dressed in red as clowns. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> However, they are dressed in red as a symbol that they are ready at any moment to give their blood. I yeah. don't know how much that holds true today, but well, it used to. Well, here's my point of this book, Life of Christ, when it talks about Christ came to die to, to redeem us. We, in a sense, as St. Paul says, we're imitators of Christ. He imitates Christ. We die to ourself. You see, there's a, I joke with you when I tell you the unholy trinity is me, myself, and I. We're worshiping yes, ourselves. Yes. We have to get our focus back to the worship of God. And one of the things we do is we imitate God by our uh, self-denial of ourselves. We deny ourselves for the greater good of our duty and our state in life. For me, I'm a father. I, I'm a husband. I die to myself for my wife and children. What do you do as a pastor, as a priest? Same thing. So it seems to me that one of the aspects of the life of Christ that I think is important for all of us is to forget about ourselves and, and die to ourself and give our life to Christ and serve as what our duty in our state in life is called to do. Now, that sounds simple, but it's simple. But, you know, what's hard about it is letting go and letting God. That's right. Uh, Sheen also later on when he's talking about the mass and what is the mass? Yeah. What is oh, the mass? Gosh, yes. The mass is the mass is the sacrifice of Christ on yes. the cross. Yes. This is where we've lost so much today. But he's talking about he's talking about this. He said, "You, layperson, yes, you, yes. Catholic, fellow Catholic, to participate in the mass, you must be in that bread that the priest is offering, right, on his path. Beautiful." You must be in that chalice, in that chalice, in that wine right. that the priest is offering up. That's where you're supposed to be at that moment. You're supposed to offer up the, the fact that you have died to yourself. Amen. In, in some real degree, all right, to participate with Christ. Yeah. Man, this show's going by fast. When we talk about the life of Christ, it will go fast. When we come back, we have the last segment to complete the Terry and Jesse show here on Virgin most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. We've got to talk about the greatest thing to talk about, and that is person of Christ. Stay with us. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Wow, it's early in the morning here in California. Father Murr, I'm like a wake-up call. This is stronger than the strongest coffee you can drink. Why? <laughs> really? Because we're talking about... I can, I, can, I can hear our blessed Lord from heaven saying, nice comparison, Jesse. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, you're, I'm stronger than coffee. Yes. No, and I mean that because right now, just yeah. everybody, I have three priests at our chapel right now getting ready to... Uh, say their masses. They're from the Opus Angelorum. And I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little late, Father. We're, uh, but anyhow, they, what are you guys talking about today? I said, the life of Christ. They said, oh, my Bishop Sheen. Oh, they all said, that, you can't get any yeah. better than Fulton Sheen on that. No. Father, continue. It does, believe, believe me, audience. Believe me, audience. Yeah. It doesn't get better than this. Please do yourself a great favor and, and buy a copy of the life of Christ of Fulton Sheen. You can get it online. You can get it from a Catholic bookstore. That's right. Read it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Just take one. You can just take one paragraph a day. It's that full of, wow. of, of content. It's beautiful. And we're just on the first chapter of the book. I mean, this is a big book. We're, you know, if just for those who just tuned in, talking about chapter one, the only person ever pre-announced. Just to summarize, Father Murray explained what Sheen was lining up all the different world religions. Okay, and asked that question. You know, were you pre-announced? No. There's one aspect. Well, you know, did you come into this world to live and teach? No, I came into this world to die for sin. I mean, Christ is so unique. And I think that, as I said earlier, that I think we've forgotten the uniqueness of our faith. And I think sometimes, as I said earlier, that we have had an amnesia. We forgot our roots of our faith. And sometimes it takes a convert uh, to wake us up. And I know that people like Dr. Scott Hahn and others have said, look, I'm going to study the fathers of the church, and when they do, they become Catholic. So let's talk a little right. bit in this last segment. You talked a little bit about the Lamb of God. You know, I can't. 
nobody can forget. And if anybody wants to see Fulton Sheen say that, just go on YouTube and type in Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Lots of, of uh, videos <clears throat> on him. The one that I would recommend is On the Mass. It's available on YouTube. And they, he goes through John 6, like Father said, like no one else. Terry, let me jump in here to say this, too. When you're talking about the Mass. Yes, Father. When you read The Life of Christ by Fulton J. Sheen. Yes. You will, you will become aware. You, it will hit you like a ton of bricks. How much of the Catholic Mass is from sacred scripture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? You, you, everything that the Mass is. A lot of Protestants say, no, you Catholics don't know your Bible. Well, no, we weren't educated to say uh, uh, Luke 15, 21. <laughs> uh, this, this, I, can't even, I can't even do it. It sounds like a bingo game. I can't do that. That's We weren't taught that way. Our entire Mass from beginning to end is scripture. Yes. It's beautiful. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to let's get to Sheen. This this point here. Okay. Hi, Terry. Here's another one for you. Tell me. No one but Jesus Christ Himself yes. ever said in his right mind, ever said, I am God. It's true. <clears throat> That's now. Right. I made a little bit of a caveat there, Terry. Okay. In his right mind. In his right mind. Yeah. I've gone a few times to visit people in insane asylums. <clears throat> and and among the among the people that I've met in the insane asylums, I've met a, quite a few Napoleon Bonapartes. Oh yeah. And and I've met I've met quite a few Christs. Yep, I've had met there, there are a number of Christs in each asylum. <clears throat> uh, so that's why I say in his right mind. Right. Because nobody in his right mind would say, I am God, and then be without power to show that. Christ said he was God. No, Christ never said he was God. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. As a matter of fact, he said it so clearly that that was the, the offense for which he was crucified. That was the offense for which he was crucified. The, 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 the chief priest ripped his own robes in blasphemy. He heard blasphemy. He said, art thou the son of the living God? And he said, I, I, I abjure you. Yeah, I abjure you, yep. You under oath yep. to answer. Mm -hmm. And he and what does he say? He uses God's name to answer, I am. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's a powerful, wow. powerful image. Father. No one. No one in history has ever said, I am God. Yeah. Now, you could, have, you could have the founders of all of these other false religions. And notice, Terry, I said false religions. Sure. They are false. Right. That's There's only, what they are. It's not, you tell me your truth, and I'll tell you my truth, and he'll tell me his truth. And, no, no, no. There's only one truth. There's only one truth. And this is exactly it. Uh, Christ is that truth. Uh, he's the only person. He's the only founder of any religion who said, I am God. I am God. And, and that's really and, unique. I mean, it's, it's absolutely. And, and Father, it's if absolutely. you don't mind, I, I think of that because we live in the world today where there are religions that say that Jesus was just another man, right? You hear well, they, they have to. They have to say that. They're forced to say that. <laughs> Terry, they have to say that. Otherwise, they'd have to change. That's a great point. Yeah, of course. Otherwise, they'd have to change. I, I've told you before, we've had this discussion before. It's I don't find that people don't become Catholics because they're not convinced intellectually of Catholicism. That's not a problem. Because if they have any doubts on anything, on philosophy, on, on anything, I can always recommend authors that they could read, specialists in the field. That's not the problem. Right. The problem is that if they accept Christ, they have to change. That's a great point. They have to they have to stop living with the girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. They have to stop taking hard drugs. Right. They might have to give up alcohol. Right. They see, and I don't want to do that. See, that's why that's why Christ is a liar. Christ is Christ is not real. <laughs> because it would it would cost me too much to say that he is real. And, you know, and he's done. And here's the point of, of what she is writing about. Christ did everything to convince us that he is indeed real. 
in addition to that, why people don't follow Christ, I've, I've, I'm convinced of this, and this is a modern world that tries to say that you have to pull your bootstraps up yourself. It's all about me, myself, and I. <clears throat> and I think that people don't really believe or accept the idea that God is going to take care of them in the sense of their needs and life, and really uh, they're afraid to put their hand out because they don't want to lose control of what they're doing. Am I on to something there too, Father? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's also the reason, it's also the reason that any number of people and a growing number of people today commit suicide oh, yeah. when they get older. Mm-hmm. You, what, what, are we, what are we facing in Canada? In Canada, I, I can't believe this. Yeah. French Canada, French Catholic yeah. Canada, when it's, when it's come down. years to, ago, they were. Uh, it, it's a. Uh, I just got a phone call. I'm sorry. I get distracted by so many crazy things. No, no, but Father. They have these te- they have these machines now. I just read about them. They're like a capsule. It looks like a a, a a coffin. You go in to the coffin and you answer three questions, and then you put. And if you answer the three questions, then they take all the oxygen out of your coffin and you die. And this is supposed to be uh, and, the way to go. And this- yeah, this is the way to go. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, this is incredible. This is incredible. That's the world. And we get to this point. We get to this point. Selfish people have lived selfish lives. There you go. Now, now God is giving them an ultimate grace. And what is that ultimate grace? Tell me. Start depending on someone else. Yes. Because you're going to have to depend on someone else. You nailed it. Our Lord said. Our Lord told this to St. Peter, talking about the natural life. He said, today you're strong and you walk about and you do everything on your own. One day you'll stretch out your arms and they're going to take you where you don't want to go. Yeah. Right. Well, how that, that should be on that should be on the on the on the doorways to most nursing homes. I yes. Visited. Well, you know, so this is it. Some... But, and, and, and rather than and rather than make themselves dependent on somebody yeah. else. Yeah. No, I'd rather die. I'll I'll just kill myself. I'll take yeah. my life. This is this is where we're at today. It's, it's scary. Really sad. It's it scary. is really sad. And you know, Father Saint Maximilian Kolbe said there were three stages of life. He said first, your formation, like as a uh, you know forming yourself. Then your apostolate, whether you're a priest or layman, married man, unmarried man. And then he said the third stage of life for most of us is suffering. And look at the life of Christ. That's who we're imitating. As a matter of fact, you know, Fulton Sheen used to say, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. So the world is saying suffering is bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. But Christianity is saying that's the way to Christ is through. We've also, we've also done not touching on that, Terry. This is, this is true. And again, I go to Sheen. I love this man. I love this man. Sure. There, there isn't much that he didn't comment on. Yeah, that's he's, sure. sort of, he's sort of like he's sort of like Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. in that sense, that's true. There isn't much that got, got by him without a comment. Right. But one of the times, one, one, one of the uh, one of the homilies that he gave, one of the sermons that he gave, he didn't give homilies. He gave sermons. Yeah, that's good. He, he taught. He taught. Uh, one of the sermons that he gave was about the on. Listen to this: mm-hmm. the unwasted suffering. Oh yeah. In hospital. Oh yeah, I never forget that. It is because no one is offering up that those sufferings as a prayer. Suffering is a prayer. Yeah, suffering is a prayer. I begin every single day. I get out of bed, walk to my crucifix, which is only six steps away from my bed, and I begin the morning with the morning offering. I offer you all my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. Yep. Any suffering that I experience in this day. And a lot of those sufferings, it's not that I hit my ham, my, my thumb with a hammer kind of suffering. Right. A lot of the suffering, the, the, a lot of the sufferings are insults. Exactly. Uh, 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 people angry with you. Uh, uh, this, uh, the other thing, yourself being frustrated with other people. All of these sufferings. Uh, how, and then on top of that, the suffering of cancer. Yeah. The suffering of 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 of, of uh, 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 Alzheimer's. The suffering of all sorts of all sorts of things that come into our life, those are also all of them to be taken and offered as a prayer. 
And Sheen said, every time I go by a hospital, I think of all the wasted suffering. Yeah, he said, not yeah, he, he said they could become atomic power plants of spirituality. The world could be converted if we understand redemptive suffering properly. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. something that the modern church has forgotten. I don't mean to keep beating on it, but let's be honest about what's going on in the church. We've forgotten our roots. Terry, we did that when we took away from the Holy Mass yes. the idea of sac- the idea of sacrifice. Yeah. But, right? Yep. When we, when we made it when we made it into a meal, we took away suffering. We took away death. You know, a lot of people don't realize there's a gesture. There's a gesture, even in the Novus Ordo, the right. gesture of of the priest breaking the host in half. Right. The priest's large he breaks it in half. Yes. Well, he breaks it. He breaks it in half to proclaim the death, the separation right. of body and soul of Christ. Right? Well, well said. And, he, and he, puts, he puts them back together to proclaim the resurrection. So right? beautifully stated. Yep. If we Although understood, so. if we understood the mass as Fulton Sheen has taught it, I I, I guarantee you, we these our bishops are talking about a Eucharistic revival. Bring back. Oh, it's the, there. Yeah, if you could just bring back what Fulton Sheen has taught on the Mass, people would understand what takes place at the altar, and this is something that's critically important, because let's be honest, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. I think we went over our time, at least it shows on my paper, but Mr. Engineer, if if uh, if we didn't, let me know verbally, please. But Father Murr, this is our second show of the life of Christ. We're looking forward to next week on the early life of Christ. And this is going to be interesting also. Um, Terry, we've made it, according to my book, we've made it to page 15. We should congratulate ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Father Mur, how about a blessing for our listeners, please? Absolutely. Benedicat vos omnipotens, Deus Pater, Filius, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God bless you, Terry Barber. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Oh, thank, thank you, you for, for all collaborating with us in the vineyard of the Lord, because life is short and eternity is forever. Father Mur, what state should we be living in? State of grace. Amen. 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 And I would say this, folks. Our Lady of Fatima said it. We talked about redemptive suffering. Colossians chapter 1. Our Lady said souls are going to hell. Yeah. Remember July 1917. They're going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are we willing to unite our sufferings with the salvific sufferings of Jesus Christ to help redeem the world? I don't care if you're four years old or 104 We can all participate in this salvific work because every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you.